G'day mate, Forty here. I'll stop the world and melt with you. Well, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, have you ever pondered the profound implications of uh, this song by Modern English? There are the lyrics, uh, or, or dream of better lives that are free from hate. So, you know what kind of life is free from hate? The kind of life that doesn't love anything. If you don't love anything, then you're not going to need to hate that which threatens what you love. But as long as you love, right, you're going to hate. Right? There's no meaningful love, as far as I can understand, without hatred. Hatred is the reciprocal face of love. And it's a little bit like how some people want to get rid of politics. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could just replace politics with rule by experts? Right? So we could enter an age of neutralization and depoliticization and just have rule by experts. Right? Then we could live lives without hatred, live lives without love, live lives without politics. Right? So the essence of the political is when the enemy rises into view, threatening the very existence of all that you love. Right? Threatens the existence of your people. Right, that's the enemy in a political sense from, from Carl Schmitt. So if you love your people, then you're going to hate <laughs> that which threatens it. Yeah. So do you really want a life where there's nothing to live or die for? No religion to, to no heaven below us or above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living life today. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Perhaps one day you'll join us. The world will live as one. Okay, that's a life that's drained of meaning and excitement and purpose. And so I don't think we should seek seek lives that drained of, of hatred, because that means a life drained of love. We shouldn't seek a life you know, drained of politics. On the other hand, for Carl Schmidt, the purpose of life is struggle against the enemy. Right? Without an enemy, there's no vibrant politics and no vibrant purpose. And that's going too far for me. I think a normal person should be able to get all the meaning and purpose and excitement in life that he needs from being married and having children. Yeah, Carl Schmidt versus John Lennon. Who got it right? So I'll come down in between. So I don't agree with Schmidt that that struggle and war is the essence of life. Like I think you can find plenty of purpose and meaning and excitement in life just from being married, having kids, having a family, extended family, from your relationships with your parents, your children, your siblings, right, your uncles and aunties and your nieces and nephews. For most people, right, that should provide all the meaning, purpose and excitement in life that you need. Right? You don't need to be at war with an enemy who's threatening to exterminate your people in order to feel alive. I think you can feel alive just from having children and nieces and nephews and siblings and parents and kids and extended family, friends. Are you the human Yoda, Mr. Forty? I don't even know who Yoda is, so... People often make Star Wars references to me because my name is Luke. Use the Force, Luke, but... I only watched Star Wars a few years ago and it was completely meaningless to me. 
I don't resonate with science fiction. The only time I resonated with science fiction was when I read Science Fiction Works by C.S. Lewis, so I really enjoyed that. But I'm not aware of any science fiction movie or, or TV series that means anything to me, and I avoid science fiction, so I have no idea who Yoda is. I know he's a Star Wars character. I've never watched Star Trek. I have no interest in watching Star Trek. I'm not into Star Trek. I think the closest I got to watching Star Trek was when I was prepping for an interview with the director of a pornified version of Star Trek. And I think I needed to become acquainted with his body of work. And so that's about the closest that I've gotten to Star Trek. So... Yeah, I don't think a life drained of hatred is, is a goal. Right? You want to have the appropriate amount of hatred. Right? You don't want it to you know, make you dysfunctional. Like, you don't want to go through your life, generally speaking, it's not adaptive to go through your life just you know, filled with an intense hatred for women or an intense hatred for men or an intense hatred for people in authority or an intense hatred for bosses or the managerial class, or for Jews, or for, for blacks, or for Mexicans, or for Chinese, or you know, the Japanese, or Koreans, or Guatemalans, right? Usually for most people going through life with that kind of intense hatred is not adaptive. But let's say you identify as Mexican and as Christian, right? Having some antipathy for the United States, right? A low level of antipathy for the United States, a low level of antipathy for your neighbors below you, like at a two or three out of 10, right? that's probably adaptive. But walking around with a you know, hatred or loathing for the United States or for Jews or for Judaism or for Islam, you know, at an eight out of 10, nine out of 10, I just don't see how that is adaptive. So all sorts of things are adaptive in their right intensity, right? Eight glasses of water a day, adaptive for most people. At 24 glasses of water a day, maladaptive for most people. <sighs> What's that song? I'll skip the world, I'll melt with you. Oh yeah, so this idea of like melting with someone else, usually maladaptive, right? Just wanting to join with someone for uh, an intense interaction of 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, like, you know, maybe you're a superstar, you know, 30 minutes of melting with someone else. That's adaptive. But uh, otherwise, trying to melt with someone else, maladaptive. You're two distinct human beings. Trying to melt with your community, right, under periods of extreme stress, all right, where it's adaptive for your community to meld together 